all this time, Porter, everything you've done, everything you've said, I've heard all about. So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here. I'm with Kelly and Johnny. Kelly, man, how you doing? I'm doing great. Johnny, how you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic, sir. Man, and we get Mark Lance doing play-by-play. Yes, I don't know what do. Johnny, what you're going to be able to do here, brother. Uh, just no, uh, oh, I can... enemies off the off the air today. Oh, you know, you know, when I when I realized it was Mark Lawrence, I was it's like, oh no, there's something new, something fresh meat. You know, there's a nice break from. Uh, uh, and, you know, better get used to it because he does a lot of stuff every now and then. He does the, the Parade of Champions and stuff like that. So, you know, you know I'm familiar with, like, later latter-day Mark Lorenz. So, Who do you hate more? Uh, Bill so Mercer, um, the referee, David Manning, oh. or your other referee from uh, WWE? Oh, David Manning. That's an easy... Dick Quirley. Dick Quirley. Dick Quirley, yeah. No, because Dick Rowley was an asshole douchebag who put, tried to put himself over in matches, but he at least looked like a tough guy. Um, and um, uh, Bill Mercer, at least, you know, makes me laugh with some of the stupid stuff. And he has his good side of doing those these live the live shot stuff. So there is no redeeming quality about David fucking Manning. So that's easy, brother. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Kelly? Happy to see Mark Lorenz on Play by Play today? Oh, uh, yeah. It's nice to have a, a you know, <laughs> a chance away. Yeah, a change of pace. Mercer's at his daughter's graduation. Yes, apparently. graduation. Yes. From, the reform, uh, from the reform school. <laughs> I mean, Lawrence isn't much of an upgrade, let's be honest. Yeah, but now, he's, but, but now he gets to be one mic, Mark. He's, yes. Yeah, he's, he's one Mike Mark, and he's standing there with his giant dark circles under his eyes, just looking like a ghoul. <laughs> totally. He is. He's got like a Buster Keaton face, totally <laughs> expressionless. Um, yeah, so uh, that's good. We could use a break from, from Bill. His Bible study groups must be fascinating. I don't know. My favorite Mark Lorenz was when the Memphis crew took over and the wrestling style totally changed. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And he was, like, still, like, talking about, about the Von Erics. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That sounds funny. And how he well, understand the baby faces. How, well, that's not a baby face move, what Jerry Lawler's doing. Um, <laughs> uh, well, only five or six more years, and we'll get around to talking. That's right. Yeah, okay. That's not even up on the network, so let's not even worry yet. Oh, that's uh, right, uh, yeah. Yatsubers but Sean. Tell me. <laughs> so this is as bad as I thought it was. Um 
Well, it probably was. It was. It's interesting because it's it's a meeting of of all time wrestling legends, right? In in a, in a strange setting, right? Yatsu, of course, it's will become an all time wrestling <laughs> legend. You're using that term a lot. It's pretty strong. Well, Yatsu in Japan eventually will become basically a Hall of Famer, and Vashon in certain circles, if you're a Montreal fan or a AWA yeah, fan. Times. No, if you're no, no, if you're Parv because he was in the most famous thing on TNT. And that too, but no, I, I, I would say in in certain circles, Paul Vashon, Butcher Vashon would be legendary. So it's a, it's a weird little match here, random match in 1983 Dallas between these two. Uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, there's not much going on. Um, Yatsu though is kind of an interesting study as far as he's been booked pretty well and it just got me thinking, you know, there's a lot of guys who came in from Japan that weren't booked very well. But he gets um, that shitty rub by being with Hassan. Hussein? Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> totally. I mean, the, he should be, yeah, he should be part of Devastation Incorporated or something. He's uh, he's too good to be managed or to be paired with Hassan or Hussein, uh, that's for sure. Um, but the fans are chanting Yatsu during this match. Um, he's got great offense. He's hard. I don't think he's lost yet. Maybe he has, but very rarely. He sent Kabuki packing. Um, yeah, he's, he's been booked really well. And I just, you know, thought about throughout history, there's been a lot of guys that came over that were treated like garbage, like uh, Meta in the WWF around the same time, actually, in 1983. Yeah. He's jobbing to George Steele and a bunch of all kinds of guys. Um, uh, Anoki in the 60s came to the States and wasn't booked very strong. And more recently, you have, you know, Akata when TNA had a, a pretty embarrassing run there. And, of course, he's become an all-time great. So it's just, for me, it was just interesting to see that Yatsu kind of got pretty decent treatment, actually. Well, Fritz uh, as didn't far have as, as deep a roster as anyone, too, and the guy had talent. That's, that's true. That's all it was. Let's do it. Maybe that's maybe as long as Yatsu's around is is only reason why we have to put up with Hussein still being around just because they won't have a mouthpiece. (laughs) So so as long as his excursion is to the United States is maybe about as long as we have to deal with Hussein. Uh, Hussein shows up on Mid Atlantic Wrestling in in July. So uh... oh really? Really? Okay, so we're we're almost almost done with him. Christ. Uh, I can't believe he was able to parlay it into another job, though. That's yeah. I mean, when yeah, well, because uh, I think he's tied with Gary Hart because Gary Hart. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, now it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. That's where Kabuki ends up. Right. Ends up there wow. June, so here we go. Um, oh, good. Good luck. That'll, that'll be um, our gain and, and Mid Atlantic's loss. Right. Anyway, yeah, so I didn't have much else to say about this match. Yatsu won quickly with – it was a squash. I mean, Vashon was totally squashed yeah. by a Yatsu awesome-looking power slam in a couple minutes. Any, any thoughts on the match, John? Well, since uh, Mark Lawrence is uh, calling the match, uh, they got to pull Ranelli out of mothballs. Uh, yeah. to do the announcing. That's hilarious. They, they go, he's just waiting for that phone call in a dirty little apartment, little studio apartment, <laughs> just waiting in a dusty old tux, and he gets the call because he gets on the mic, and he doesn't just start like Mark Lawrence, like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sportatorium. He goes, 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big D. Like for Dallas and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, this is his only shot he's had in a while. He's going to impress these motherfuckers. He's going to do his Big D. Yeah, he had, he had to give up his part time gig as DJ at the strip club. Uh, well, you know, there'd be uh, the, the, but it's see the thing is it's the male strip club, the Big D, you know, and he's he's calling that, uh, but he gets to say, the butcher Vashon. So I was like, you know what? Good, they, they got the butcher thing in, and immediately I recognized him. <laughs> That's all it took was butcher, and then the, all I just wrote was Hussein's still fucking here, and they do all the stuff with. Uh, Hussein needs to do his routine, his religious routine, and Yatsu needs to do his religious routine. And Vashon keeps interrupting, like, what the, what is this crazy nonsense? And it's going on and on forever, it feels like. And Lorenz calls, and he's like, well, the rhubarb continues in the ring, because the rhubarb, which I thought <laughs> was charming, and I loved it. And then the squash match happened, and... Then Hussein is cutting a promo where he gets off the line. Can you uh, imagine? This is the first promo we've got it now is the, in the two know, shows here. And, and, and this, this is what we got. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, but just suffice to say, this line just says it all. He goes, I want to tell you something to the world out there. <laughs> He's the worst. I can't, imagine. What would it I didn't even know he was in Mid-Atlantic. That did it is shocking knowledge to me. Yep. And I'm, I demand that someone... As a worker, in... not a not a wrestler, not but, a manager. Oh, oh no, no, he's not a manager? I assume no, he was a wrestling. manager. As a wrestler? Yeah, Gary oh, Hart's boy. manager. He's wrestling. Oh, my God. I would assume that he, he was... Okay. But he at no. least had to talk. He at least had to yeah. talk. I demand someone point me in the direction of... Him and David Crockett kind of going back and forth because I gotta see that because that that sounds mwah, amazing. You see him more dealing more with Bob Cottle. Oh, Bob Cottle! I'll, I'll, I'd watch that too. But, oh God, what Bob <laughs> Cottle? What must have been going through Bob Cottle's mind while he was dealing with Hussein? Oh boy! <laughs> what do you think of the interview there, Kelly? I didn't make a single note on it. Oh, okay, so. yeah, same here. It was, uh, <laughs> it was Hussein. Of course it stunk. Then we get the Germany feud of Adam versus <laughs> Mongol. Yes. Globe what, 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 what's going on, Kelly? Type, type, tell us about it. <laughs> the world's hottest feud that nobody remembers. Uh, this is part two. This is part two. We, we, we're getting Mongol versus Adams, too, brother. <laughs> Yeah, they should be saving this for the Star Wars show. I know, you think. Hot, hot, hot stuff. <laughs> um, loud Go Chris Go chant mm-hmm. right from the beginning, um, and mostly by young women, so he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. He's He's got the ladies lined up after the show. He's Good doing pretty well. Me. Yeah, he's, he's doing pretty well in Dallas. And so for the match, Mongol dominates Looks early. in big and big D. There you go. There you go. Boring start with the Mongol dominating. But then it gets hot because then Adam suddenly starts wrestling like um, somebody from 2019 with super kicks all over the place. Two on the outside with a big pop. Yeah. 
And then a tope. A fucking tope in 83. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. See, I was, like, watching this, see, I was watching this uh, when I was growing up, and Chris Adams was, like, my favorite wrestler back then. And it was like, I was, like, blown away, this guy's doing topes. I mean, he, yeah. did, he did a more, this was, wasn't just a one-off here. He did it quite often, and he was, he was like, state-of-the-art. And if you go back and watch some of the old uh, WCW Saturday nights in 2000-whatever, he was having great matches then mm-hmm. because his offense was so state-of-the-art. It, it, like, it stayed the same from 84, but transplanted in 2000 and whatever, yeah. or 1998, and it was awesome. Yeah. No, he, he was, he's a much like Dynamite Kid in a way that he brought over a style of wrestling that hadn't been seen in the States before. Okay, okay. if this AEW uh, is a success, and I think it's got a good chance of being a success, if they get to a point of success where they have a Hall of Fame, they need to posthumously induct gentleman Chris Adams for helping invent the style that made them millionaires. Yeah. yeah. AEW the buys the rights to world class, and I'll yell, they get Korean out of yell, <laughs> super kick! There you go. Because um, there's 18, I, I, can't, I think it was 18 super kicks in this fucking match. There's a lot. Easy. <laughs> Two more once he gets back in the ring with Mongol. Um, Mongol's stuck in the ropes. Crowd was really hot. Uh, but the finish was shitty because, let's see what happens. Um, Adams misses a charge into the ropes. Then Mongol takes over and chokes him for a DQ, pretty weak. Uh, finish like yeah okay so I guess we're gonna have another match between the two of them. Nothing was uh, settled. Uh, you got to keep the Mongols strong. Uh, there was another super kick after the bell. So yeah, there, there was more super kicks in this match than in a modern match. So it's <laughs> Adams was even ahead of 2019. He's like 2039 here. But um, but think about this real quick. This just occurred to me, Kelly. I'm sorry to interrupt, but. This is what blows my mind here, seeing this shit for the first time. You know, 18 fucking super kicks to beat the Mongol. Now, everyone in that crowd, whether they're smart or, or to the business or, or or just have fun, they know that the Mongol sucks. Everyone knows it sucks. In a short period of time, he turns it into one super kick, and then you're knocked unconscious, and yeah. that's his finisher. And the same audience goes, okay, good. And are fine with it, which I think is a, a really an amazing little bit of uh, how a crowd could just say, okay, we're cool with that. We don't care right. about what happened before. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, but the global feud will go on. Ugh, boy. Yeah, I got nothing to add here. You covered it uh, pretty much. Um, Mongo, usually, usually, you know, the one thing about him, though, was he got some uh, cred because he was traditionally a Texas heel. Um Worked a lot in Southwest Championship Wrestling. Here, obviously, in world class. He works in Mid-South. Um, but, God, I mean, Iceman gets Buddy Roberts as his number one first feud when fucking Adam gets the shit mongrel. He, no, he gets hit, he gets one of the fucking hillbillies. That's all I can think of him of. It's amazing that he was able to get over uh, having, after, after this right. fucking feud. What you take? Any, any, anything you want like, to add to the, the only, match, Sean? The only other thing is Mark Lorenz in his robotic Christian-y weird way. But, and I'm giving him a break. He hasn't done this in a long time. 
to be versed. But he basically says, because he just says it, matter of fact, uh, he basically says, Chris Adams has gotten popular with his kicks and thigh slaps. He mentions <laughs> the fucking thigh slaps uh, during the call, sort of, uh, you know, which was hilarious. And then he, he lets everyone know he is quite different because he speaks with, you know, that British accent. <laughs> okay, really? And you, you know, the sky is blue. You know, he's just trying to figure stuff out. But yeah, that that that's it. Otherwise, I'm just like, I'm just really like, fuck this feud isn't over. I can't <laughs> believe this fucking feud isn't over yet. I'm like, why? Why? It's what you said. Why is this Chris Adams' big feud to get over in front of this crowd with the fucking Mongol? It's yeah, like they gave him a chain on the end. But, but, it, it, but he did it. So, yeah. hey, you know, we, 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 you know, it's not like we haven't seen the footage. He he, he figures it out. Jesus Christmas. And then we had Jimmy Garvin versus Cowboy John Mantell. Oh. Um, <laughs> I know Kelly is going to hate this because you do not like John Mantell as a worker. I, I like John Mantell as a worker. Do I think he's a great worker? No, but I think he's an Al Madrill level worker. How uh, dare you, sir. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, I'm gonna have to leave the call now, I know, and, and this show man. is over. Shit, it's over. On, no more worldcast. Oh, it, damn man, it. you gotta watch that shit. Did you? We've been doing this for years. Don't let something like that just end <laughs> this amazing partnership. Just take it in. Take it in. Yeah, well, Al's gone, so I'll, I'll let it slide because you know he's he's, there he's go. gone. It's fine. Um, Johnny Mantel, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't really like him. He's he's technically fine. He's just to me he just looks bland, bland as fuck. I can uh, see that. Yeah. <laughs> but he's over again. I mean, he's the fans his love most him. Successful came in L.A. when he worked under a hood. Oh, yeah, see, that would have been a good idea. Um, <laughs> and I think he did work. He was the Destroyer uh, That's last right. year. That's right. In 1982. But uh, now he's just Johnny Mantel. But, yeah, who am I to, to, to judge? The fans love him. Uh, he's, 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 yeah, he's popular. Anyway, what was this match? And he runs um, the Hall of Fame in uh, Wichita Falls. Oh, does he? Well, see, yeah. there you go. You you know him, right? You're, you're friends with him. This is it. All makes sense now. Uh, what did Al do to you, Pete? Yeah. Did Al screw you? Screw you out of Elvis merchandise somewhere? Uh-huh. I see. Uh-huh. <laughs> Al crappy Madrid matches. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you're a closet yeah. Elvis fan, and and Al screwed you over at an Elvis convention. You are in, he is in Mantel's pocket because it's all a part of this <laughs> giant. You know, weird uh, cockfighting underground crime syndicate that's going on down there between there these Mantels. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. Johnny Mantel is the number six babyface in the territory. Work. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Oh, he's better. Of course, he's better well, than Mike Bond. He, I'm he, slot ahead of Mike Bond. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> he can actually work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's a fine worker. Like he just he wasn't blessed with. Good personality. Uh, good personality. Right, that's why the number six baby face. Yeah. In the yeah. company, not the number two baby face <laughs> in the company. 
<laughs> right. And his brother's the booker, so he's going to be on TV. John, Johnny Nepotism is what they ought to fucking call him. <laughs> he's, he's a good hand. As, as, as Steve Austin would say, he's a good mechanic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, but Al's better. Um, let's see. Uh, convincing win for Jimmy here with a backbreaker that looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he caught uh, Mantel on a crossbody and gave him a backbreaker. And yeah, Garvin's book super strong. Wins most of his matches without cheating, actually, was a note I made here, um, which was kind of unusual for a heel at the time. And yeah, but we talked about this in the last, last episode. Not against the number six baby face. Yeah, but but even who else? Well, yeah, Bond and stuff. Yeah, I guess he hasn't faced uh, too many uh, top guys yet. But um, still, we talked about this last time. He's been booked really great. Uh, Great act with Precious. Um, Yeah. Oh, oh, wait a minute. You just had a Freudian slip, my friend. You just said a great act with Precious. Oh, yes, I did. Uh Maybe at home. Um, mm-hmm. I thought this was a good solid match. I mean, Garvin taking it to Mantel early on. Mantel turns the tide. Mantel uh, is working a key lock. Garvin knee drops are nasty here. Martel throws a really great arm drag. Uh, Martel's working the arm. Good back forth action. Martel has solid babyface fire. I thought this was a good, just a good solid TV match. Um, it kind of helps both guys in a way. Um, any thoughts on the match, John? Uh, not really, because you know what? While I appreciate the Candyman uh, Mantel uh, being the, the creative genius, all coked up behind the scenes, making the shit good again, I still don't want to see a Mantel wrestle. I don't care uh, because, especially Manelli does all the pride of Monte County. I remember that shit. I'm like <laughs> the, the pride of Mon- shut up, uh, but. Garvin does, uh, again, start this with, David Von Erich, I'm challenging you again. So th- this I like. He's fighting one jobber. One, he's fighting one bland white guy after another while challenging David Von Erich. That's what I like. Um, I can't remember if it was uh, Manelli or... No, it's got to be um, Lawrence who, who calls Jimmy Garvin the impeccable, gorgeous Jim Garvin. <laughs> The impeccable. I, I, I don't even know. I, I think he was going for incredible. Sort of. Don't know. He can't be packed. Interior. He cannot be packed at all because it's the hair. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the hair. You can't fit it into any you can't suitcase. pack him into a suitcase. No, not at all. He's hard to fold in. And uh, no, he, Lawrence does say this because he just is so used to his blonde curly hair. He's like, Jimmy Garvin out there with his blonde curly hair. He's a blonde curly hair, which if that had been Bill Mercer, I'd have a million like curses about. But I'm giving Mark Lorenz a pass because he hasn't done this in a long time, and that's kind of all I gave a shit about. That to me, this is just another jobber that Jimmy Garvin is is fucking up on his way to get to the more interesting shit with David. All right, boys, before we hit up the main event, let's wrap a little bit about ProWrestlingOnly.com and the fabulous PWO Pro Wrestling Only podcast feed. 
As always, check out ProWrestlingOnly.com to explore other podcasts along with match reviews, features and retrospectives, reviews of wrestling books, video games and matches, playlists, wrestler appearances and non-wrestling TV shows and movies, and more. You can also join the conversation by signing up at the PWO forums. We've been online for over a decade with over 2,000 registered members and an archive of, I don't know how many threads, a lot, not 4 million, but quite a few. Our message board is a vibrant community, all its own. Whether you want to talk about a specific match in our match discussion archive, take a deep dive in the Microscope Forum, or discuss more general topics from wrestling's past and present, check out all of this and more at www.prowrestlingonly.com. And this week on the feed, PWO Network, we have Psychology is Dead. Quentin and Brock are back. Uh, they don't do this show very often. So to make up for lost time, they've spread out a three-part look at the top 100 matches of 2018. That takes up 13 goddamn hours. Unreal. I'm sure this is the most thorough discussion on the year 2018 in wrestling you're going to hear anywhere. Greetings from Allentown. Peter Winson is looking at Enderbury Worldwide from March 23rd, 1985 this week. We get Arn Anderson at the beginning of his run there. We get Flair and Dusty together on a promo for a match versus Wahoo and Tully. Wow. And the feature match is the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant versus Superstar Billy Graham. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah, as always, it'll be a great show. Episode 102 of Greetings from Allentown. And on this week in wrestling, my man Pete and Timothy, this week they're looking at the main event of Pizza Party in New Jersey. Whatever that is. Sounds interesting. The Wednesday of Mania Week. Oh, I see. It's going to be Fred Yehi versus Dan Maccabi. Is that how you say it? Plus, they talk about the big action show, Making Towns, February Fracas, and the SCI Rumble. That's all coming up. Pete's going to be there live. And, um, yeah, they also look at NXT TakeOver, the most recent one from Royal Rumble weekend. Of course, they discuss all the matches, analyze the total show, and give ratings, star ratings, for all the matches. And that's what's going on this week on the PWO feed. And that leads us into the main event of Kevin Von Erich versus Terry Gordy. Take it away, Kelly. Yeah, pretty big match. Uh, American title match here. Mm. Gordy and Kevin, another chapter in the Freebirds Von Erichs feud. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Kevin dominated early. He's just ripped to shreds here, Kevin. <laughs> wow. Um and the crowd's molten hot as usual. This was just like on another level as far as heat goes mm-hmm. um, with this match. Uh, big time main event. Good struggle for holds by both men. Uh, just, yeah, and I make the note here. Feels like a major main event, and it is. Both men trade sleepers. And then uh, there's a huge pop when Kevin breaks the sleeper with an elbow to the gut. Uh, and then there's a struggle for a pile driver. Gordy, that was basically his finisher. Kevin uh, reverses that. Um, Kevin hits him with that great uh, reverse splash off the top rope. Or a clean pin. 
huge pop, huge celebration. And um, Bud Lawrence um, on the call says this was Kevin winning the title from Gordy when actually Kevin was already the champ going in, so it oh, wasn't okay. a title change. Well, well, that explains my confusion at the end, where, where uh, I'm like, Kevin wins the belt, or did he? What? Did he? Who had it? I can, and who can really keep track of this promotion anyway? <laughs> it is difficult, for sure, and I've, I've made some mistakes in the past myself. <laughs> but no, Kevin was the champion going in. It wasn't a title switch. But uh, still, uh, still a pretty good match. Uh, really hot crowd. Yeah, I liked it. Thank you, John. Any I questions? loved this. I thought this was great. Everyone knows Kevin's my favorite Von Eric, and it's Terry fucking Bam Bam Gordy. And uh, I, I just I adored the match. And as far as Lorenz now with uh, some calls, that would, this I loved. While he's addressing Kevin uh, wrestling barefoot, you know, Mercer's was like, he likes to wrestle barefoot because he used to do it as a child out in the mud at the farm, and it makes him feel more at home. And he, Lorenz says, Kevin likes to wrestle barefoot because he feels it gives him more speed and agility. I was like, good. Yes, that <laughs> that makes sense. That's that's good stuff. Uh, uh, that's good stuff, Mark Lorenz. And, but then he says this. So much water has gone under the bridge between the Freebirds and the Von Eriks. I'm like, good try, but a miss. Because water under the bridge means you've forgotten about stuff. It's all water under the bridge. Nothing's in water under the bridge yet, yet. They just started feuding. And I realized how much of an asshole I was to point that out. It just bothered me. Uh, and I just wanted to, I was just thinking about Kevin Von Erich. And this match, it felt stiff to me. And you hear often people, Kevin Von Erich gets, uh, gets shit online or, you know, from smart fans about his stiffness. And I'm really wondering why his stiffness gets people going, oh, fuck that, you know, from fans even. But other guys who's n- notoriously stiff who fans adore, like just say a Stan Hansen, you know, get, get a free pass on it. And it... it I never understood why one was acceptable and one's not. Because I think Kevin's just great, and if he works stiff, he works fucking stiff. That's, but he's a great fucking performer, and I and I thought this match was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, I I liked uh, I like Kevin Kevin taking Gordy down uh, with a with a headlock. Gordy tries to counter it. Love Kevin's uh, blocks of this. Um, Gordy's working a Kevin Von Erich style match. Um, mm-hmm. Kevin teasing the claw. Uh, Gordy uh, takes a bump and gets more action back. Um, good, good, solid stuff overall. Um, and I believe that's how it ends the show, huh? Oh, no, Kevin gives a promo at a fired up promo. Oh, okay. out there. And he and he's fired up like yeah. And he's like. Bill Mercer tries to say something, and he just grabs, he's like, yeah, oh, I'm going to be the world champ. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be the world champ. And it was the most raw emotion any Von Erich's ever fucking shown on this show yet. I, it's Kevin's number one. Kelly, anything you want to add? Uh, just to Johnny's point about the, um, Kevin, the stiffness, I think, there's always sort of the criticism that the stiffness for Kevin was that he was sloppy and, and didn't know how to work properly. 
Whereas with Hanson, it was more, you know, him just being a monster and uh, I don't blind, know. It, being blind? Yeah, yeah and being okay. blind. Because, no, because I love Stan Hanson as much as the next person, but let's just face it. If you're like, hey, my excuse is I'm blind, so I accidentally knocked your eye out, I'm like, then maybe you shouldn't be re- fucking wrestling, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if you can't do it safely because you're literally blind in the ring and you want to work stiff. I, I, just, I don't, yeah. you know, but Kevin Von I guess, Erich, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's more the Von like Erich the, shit. It's the Von Erich connection. You yeah, know, that's, with that's, Hansen, that's not fair. It's not fair. With Hanson, the fans are more like he chose to work stiff, whereas with Kevin, it's like he didn't know any better and that he oh, was just stiffing guys. Well, I always get the impression of the, when the criticisms come up that it's like, oh, yeah, he was a crowbar and. You know, he just was. He didn't didn't learn how to work properly. Nah. Was the criticisms not so much that, you know, with Hanson, like I said, it was more that oh, it was you know, it enhanced his matches, enhanced his aura by being stiff, and it well, wasn't because he was sloppy or or uh, inexperienced or whatever. Okay, well, let me put this forward because I just watched the um, the NXT show and I see Matt Riddle, I see Kevin Von Erich. Yeah, that's yeah. who I fucking see. I see Kevin Von Erich with more charisma. Uh, it's funny. I see. I see Kerry Von Eric. Okay. Well, there's there. It's that's there. But he because he has the jaw charisma, Kerry. But but physically, it looks like Kevin. Yeah, but Kevin. But he he wrestles barefoot. He yeah. uh he, he's he does a lot of some high flying stuff, but and striking. And he's a striker uh, type guy. And I'm like that's Ke- that's Kevin Von Eric on weed, man. That's 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 he should pay the Von Erichs a fucking royalty check for his fucking character. <laughs> the funny thing is, Kevin Von Herrick was on plenty of weed. I know, but he, you know, I mean, granted, granted, uh, the original bro does it better, but <laughs> the, the germation is, is with Kevin Von Herrick, man. <laughs> Kevin would probably smoke Riddle under the table. <laughs> well, oh, well, I don't know. I, I don't know, but, you know, I'd like, I'd pay, I'd watch, I'd watch that on pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, Kelly, anything you want to plug or say? Uh, no, no, I don't plug shit anymore. Fuck everyone else. <laughs> well, follow me on Twitter, Titans O Wrestling. Johnny, anything you want to add? Nah, just like Kelly. Fuck all of you. <laughs> on that note, fuck y'all. Have a great week. <laughs> My heartaches and troubles are just up and gone The moment that you come in view And with your hand in mine, dear I could dance on and on And I could waltz across Texas with you across Texas with you in my arms Walsh across Texas with you Like a storybook ending I'm lost in your charms And I could waltz across Texas with you